0: David Watts on Mix 93.8. Mix 93.8, some legendary radio for you. My name's David Watts. It is What's Involved, my special guest in studio. And I know every time I say, I'm really excited to be speaking to my guest, but this time I'm super, super excited because I think um, I first said I wanted to chat to him probably about three years ago, and it's taken us three years to get it right. He is none other than Dr. Kerbis Dutoy. Uh, How's it, Kerbis? Welcome. Good evening, David. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Good evening, listeners. It's an absolute pleasure. So, Kravis, you and I met, yeah, easy three, three or
1: more years ago. Two thousand and fourteen, it was round about February two thousand and fourteen. You see, you remember that, and
0: you know, and I keep saying I don't remember things because of my age, but you're just a little older than me, and you still remember. This is not right, um, but we did, and I think from your side, but certainly from my side, the day we met. Um, it was a conference that we were in the at, Drakensberg, in the, in the Drakensberg. Mm-hmm. but you and I just started to, we just clicked. I mean, you were, you were sort of new to that conferencing sort of area that we were at or, or the, the people that we were with. I was also fairly new there, and we just, we had a great conversation, and your story absolutely fascinated me. At that stage, you wanted to talk more about it and, and about your experiences. Now we're three years down the track, you're doing that you're doing presentations you're actually doing retreats and you've written your book that's correct and the book is called waking up cracking the crisis code and i think the most important part of of the title of this book is from trauma to triumph because i think is that not something that we all want to move from from trauma to triumph
1: absolutely david i think every single person, not I think, I know every single human being on this planet has a story. Yes. All of us, sooner or later, whatever the traumatic experience might have been, has gone through a traumatic experience, be it at wars, uh, retrenchment, um, bankruptcy, death of a life partner, death of a child, and I don't say it very lightly, I say it with the deepest empathy and respect. Mm. Um, whatever your traumatic experience might have been, it's important to gain an understanding why it was necessary to travel that road less traveled. Okay, and we're going to be
0: getting into that in this hour, but let's let's start off a little bit um, because the title says of the book is Waking Up. So let's talk before we get to the waking up part. Let's chat a little bit about who quibus was. And then we can get into who Kirbis is today, because um, totally unbeknownst to us, um, our paths may have crossed even before we actually officially met, um, because I spent a lot of years living in the low felt, and you were living in the low felt as well. Um, so tell us about Kourbis, about I mean, from, from young Kirbis right up until the
1: event. David, I registered as an insurance and investment broker in uh, 1980. Mm-hmm. And in 1981, in March 1981, I joined the former Bolland Bank Limited. And they took me immediately to our newly uh, established branch in Nelspruit, And I was absolutely thrilled when I first arrived in Nelspruit, And that's where my career really took shape and took off. Mm-hmm. So for 17 consecutive years... I performed the role of a professional broker, insurance broker, investment broker, uh, pension schemes, group schemes, etc. And uh, I ended in the first position at the bank for 17 years and one of the top most performing brokers in South Africa. Um, And eventually I was promoted onto the senior management in the bank. And to cut a long story short, I ended up as the CEO heading up the entire broking division after the acquisition of BOE, Bolan Bank, and uh, NetBank. Mm-hmm. Um, and in October 2000, I was scheduled for a back operation, a fusion operation, and that's what took me to a hospital. Unfortunately, just as everybody, when you book yourself into a hospital with the expectation of a good outcome, I had no different expectation. Mm-hmm. But for me, things turned out completely differently. Um, I was operated on the wrong level, I was operated for uh, a different operation and um, in the process the four stabilizing screws were put through my right through my um, vertebra and it sliced the edges of the spinal cord and I ended up Ouch. without any bladder control, any colon control. Uh, the larger part of my sciatica nerve serving my right leg was um, uh, seriously damaged, and uh, there were several several other um, nerves that were dammi- damaged seriously damaged yep. or completely severed. okay and if you want to know what it feels like and this brings me to the core of the story, um, you can take four pen needles and put them between four of your fingers and your fingernails and push them in no. very slowly no, no 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 no, and after you've done that you're going to lie against your hand. Mm -hmm. with your full body weight for the next six years. The pain was excruciating. And for the next six years, I was administered with 3,100 morphine injections, 3,341 betadine injections, 61 liters of morphine that uh, was orally administered to my body through tubes, etc., plus another 3, 000, uh, sorry, 373 liters of morphine through drips, and then 5,556 medicine cocktails comprising our Schedule 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. So by the end of Year 6, I was not addicted. I was super addicted. But the important point is that I lost my rational um, thinking and my ability to observe on a cognitive level completely. So I went into a state of induced coma for six years. So this was, you went
0: into hospital. I mean, what what brought about the need for the back operation? Because it sounded... That is the
1: most important question, Okay, Um, David. I can keep you busy for hours and hours, and maybe days, with everything that went wrong after I was hospitalized. But the most important question to ask is, what ended you up in the hospital? Yeah. Me. I was a workaholic. For 20 years in my life, I spent about 85% of my awake time at work. Mm -hmm. And I slept an average of two to two and a half hours per night for 20 consecutive years, including weekends, uh, long weekends, school holidays. Those words were uh, part of my vocabulary without any meaning. So eventually my body burnt out. I suffered from severe burnout syndrome and I carried all the stress built up over the years in my back muscles. And it went in such a state of spasm yeah. that the um, uh, 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 discs pressed so hard against one another um, and the, it, it just popped. And that required uh, stabilizing fusion operation uh, on a very specific level. Okay, But I was confused with a different patient who needed the same type of operation but on a lower level. And uh, subsequently, I was operated on the wrong level.
0: And yeah. the other
1: guy was f- ...far bigger and taller than I was, so the, the wrong uh, lengths and types of screws were used. And that was the cause of the problem. Now, w- but w- if, 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 if I didn't mismanage my own life, this would never have happened. Um, which brings me to one of the insights I gained: mm. Disease is the consequence of a mismanaged life due to ignorance. Okay. And wisdom... It's the diametric opposite of ignorance. And where wisdom exists, disease cannot.
0: Okay. Um, well, so We're, we're going okay. to get on to this. but <coughs> Excuse me. For me, the most important part is, I mean, when you say the waking up thing, I get, I get that you were a workaholic. But now, when you say waking up, were you in effect in a coma? Um, or were you just heavily sedated? Did you spend that time in hospital? Or were you in
1: and out? I was in and out but uh, I spent time in 14 different hospitals and I have a razor sharp memory and my Mm -hmm. memory started functioning when I was about 8 months old. I can recollect every single detail Um, but I have no recollection on a rational level of anything that happened between, coincidentally, the uh, 9-11th, that specific day, Mm -hmm. the 11th of September 2001. That's when I lost it completely. So the intention was never to put me in a, a, a comatose state. Yeah. But the uh, consequence of the high schedule medication and the high volumes of that medication, that was the cause of the induced coma. It's, I
0: mean, when I when I hear those numbers about how much morphine and painkillers and everything. You shouldn't be talking to me now. You should, you should be a vegetable. You should. And, and if you went into that coma, you should not have woken up. And then waking up out of it, you should have been... I mean, that as you said, you said yourself, that level of addiction then, that, it's, it's a physical level addiction.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and uh, David, we can elaborate a bit on that. I had a profound, what is known as an out-of-body experience. the month of September 2006. And many people have asked me, but how do you know that? It is an inner knowingness. I know it was the 14th flowing into the 15th of September 2006. And the most powerful message that I received during that experience was, drop your medication and you will be healed to your former state of health, in which you were at the age of 24. That was an inner knowing as much as the knowing that it was that date. Yeah. And I grabbed that, and I absolutely believed it in a unconscious on an unconscious level. Yeah. And a, on account of doctors uh, that talked to me afterwards, I refused to take any further medication. I have absolutely no recollection of it, but I refused any further drips, any injections, any other medication. And it took a couple of hours for the half-life to wind down. And then I gradually started to regain my consciousness. Have you ever slept in a hotel or a guest house in a completely different place and you wake up the next morning and you're so confused and disorientated you don't have any idea where you are? Yeah, yeah. That definitely. is more or less what I experienced. But um, I could not relate to anything. I was just aware that I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't figure out. I couldn't orientate myself um, and place myself in a very specific uh, position or environment. And it took quite a few hours um, before I started to realize. Well, I am alive. Yeah. But um, my memory was absolutely
0: non-functional. So is it is it fair? I mean, when I say you shouldn't you shouldn't be sitting talking to me tonight. You should either be a vegetable or you should be dead. I mean. Was that a prognosis that came from the doctors at some stage, that you should not be able to do this?
1: Three doctors told me that. And it was also uh, communicated with me through my legal team. Um, They said to me, they actually wrote you off and said, the chances of you recovering from this ordeal is very, very slim. And I was also um, a pilot prior to my uh, operation And I was very fond of hiking, hiking trails, Mm -hmm. mountain climbing, rock climbing, etc. And uh, a neurologist specifically, I was so angry when I realized what happened. Um, There were many more consequences of that operation. For instance, in my insurance policies, I had an exclusion clause. If I would be operated on that particular level, I will have no claim. And I would have never agreed to have that operation performed on me. If up front was informed that this is the level they are going to uh, perform the operation, yeah. So I missed out on the disability claims, etc. Um, we're we're going we're gonna to get into more of this stuff. I just think, I think it's, a, it's a
0: miracle that you that you are here. Absolutely. Um, and, and I want to now go, okay, so you woke up, and we'll take it from there, because otherwise we're going to run out of time, because you and I can talk about this forever. <laughs> um, so uh, let me just go and tell you about this, and we'll be back with my special guest, Dr. Kourbis Dutoy, uh, talking about his new book, Waking Up, Cracking the Crisis Code from Trauma to Triumph. David Watts on Mix 93.8. I find this absolutely fascinating. Uh, Dr. Kurbas de Dutoy in studio with me, author of the book, Waking Up, Cracking the Crisis Code from Trauma to Triumph. Um, now, you were saying that uh, just before the break, Kirby, that you were in hospital, um, you'd, you'd gotten this message. You had this out-of-body experience and you were told you will be healed, but stop all the medication. And when you talk about the amounts that you were on, surely the medical industry would say that you should be a vegetable. I mean, that amount, I don't think a human body can handle that amount of of painkillers, drugs, morphine, that kind
1: of thing. And you went cold turkey, literally. I went cold turkey, and I was told by uh, three different doctors that I not only refused to take anything, I I, I actually kicked the one guy with my left leg. Uh My right leg was uh, about 85% paralyzed at the time. And I really kicked him in his solar plexus when they tried to connect a drip to me. Uh Um, I was very adamant, but not on a conscious level, on a subconscious level, or an unconscious level. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely determined not to allow any further medication. And I was also, oh yes, this is what I wanted to say. Apparently they warned me and said, but you cannot go kill turkey. Your body will go into a state of complete shock. You're going to die. Shut down. Yeah,
0: I, w- I would imagine that would be what would happen.
1: And I stuck it through, but that was a hellish experience, David. I went through that. If you can, call, if there is a hell, I went through it. Yeah. Um, the withdrawal symptoms immediately set in uh, about three to four hours after I dropped the medication. Banging headaches constantly, running nose, um, saliva tr- uh, running from your mouth. Um a complete hazy view. Mm-hmm. My eyes were completely out of focus. Um cold fever and hot flushes intermittently, seconds apart from one another, um convulsions, uh tinnitus in both my ears and sleep went completely off the market. Mm-hmm. That I survived that without going insane is a miracle on its own. Well, that's what I was going to say. Because, Absolutely.
0: because they reckon, what is it? Three, for
1: 12 days and 12 nights, if I you,
0: couldn't fall asleep. What do they say? If you go over four nights without
1: sleep at all, then you
0: start going insane.
1: Well, and you that, did it for 12. For 12, not once, several times. Then you fall asleep, I guess, um, around about three to five minutes Another 12 and immediately you go into that REM
0: cycle, and you start having hectic dreams. I would imagine as no dreams, nothing, just, no dreams, just, d- just a very, very
1: really deep state of uh, sleep in the uh, delta state of consciousness. Yeah, and then I woke up within a few minutes after that. Yeah. Um, same day, uh, a couple of minutes later, another 12 days, another 12 nights, yeah. completely without sleep. So then and I, I kept my insanity, I was guided by my non physical. I was started to be guided by non-physical beings, guides, coaches, mentors, call them angels if you're more comfortable with that, Mm -hmm. for 10 months to follow about the body-mind connection and how to survive this. I had no therapy, no counseling. I was never institutionalized. During that period, um, I stuck it out with that grip on the promise you will be healed to your former state of health in which you were at the age of 24. And I started by counting... Whatever I could see clearly, yeah. but my vision was so uh, distorted and hazy. Mm-hmm. But I touched myself occasionally and then I started to count the touches just to relay my attention. Yeah. Uh, then eventually I falled, fell asleep for um, 15 minutes to maybe a half an hour, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then the period started to decrease. Then I was awake for eight days and eight nights fall asleep again, and so gradually over the four months, decreased till about um, two hours awake. But people must have thought
0: you were nuts. People must have thought you were crazy. You must have at some stage gone, hang on, I'm crazy, because you came from, and and I'm going to put it out there, you came from a very strict Afrikaans background, Afrikaans upbringing. Conservative. uh, Very conservative. Mm. You were a financial, analytical person. Now you're saying you're getting communications from, from etheric beings, angels, if you will, that are guiding you. Did you not at any stage go, hang on a second?
1: I didn't doubt it, but I was warned by my non-physical guide. Mm-hmm. Do not share during this process. And remember, I was, on a, I was pioneering a self-healing process. I had no idea when this uh, healing will manifest, how long it will take which route it will take, how challenging it would be. I had no idea. I just clung to the promise. That that is Uh, what is going to happen. That is what's going to happen. And I was specifically warned by my non-physical guy, Mm. do not share this with anybody. You cannot allow anybody with whatever their intention is, how good it might have been, Mm. to inflict in you any degree of doubt. Doubt is a death sentence to your intention, so don't do it. But okay. unfortunately, I shared it with my oldest son. Mm-hmm. He treated it with the uh, greatest respect, and I quote him, and there's also a part in the book that he wrote, as well as my younger son. Um, but I was accused of being mentally retarded, uh, not once, several times, yeah. uh, which I can understand. And to be very honest with you, after I received my summons for divorce a couple of months down the line. Um, that was also one of the things that uh, were mentioned. And after my miraculous healing manifested on the 12th of August 2007, I became then concerned and thought, was there not something that I missed? Is there something that I overlooked? So I went for a full battery of um, evaluation by a clinical psychologist, a very Mm -hmm. good old friend of mine in the low Mm -hmm. and then for a second opinion and for the third opinion. And the third psychologist, a very well-known person, also regularly on the radio mm-hmm. uh, with weekly talks, said to me, you're wasting your time, you're wasting my time, you're wasting your money. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you. In terms of, of, of mentally, nothing Mental wrong Mental activity with yeah. and consciousness. So what and they're saying is you're to, not nuts. I'm not nuts. Okay. All right. And there's a very well-known cardiologist down in the Cape. Yeah. Uh, who said to me, you know, the first miracle that manifested was the fact that you survived that operation. The second one is that you did not lose your sanity, and that you don't suffer from any degree of mental uh, being mentally retarded from mm-hmm. all those highly doses, uh, high doses of medication, yeah. highly you, addicted. Your medication. brain should
0: have been mush. It's just it should have been mush. End of story. You know, and, and that it's not. Is, is, it's yeah, that is a amazing. On it's on And, I mean, I've got to tell you, you know, I've said I've known Quibbers for a couple, of, a couple of years now, but, I mean, when I met you, even now, there's, 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 there's this aura of peace about you, but you don't look like somebody who'd been pumped with that. You don't even look like somebody. Do you still have screw, the screws in your back? The screws the, are still
1: in my back. The boat. ones
0: that, that did the damage are still there. They are still there.
1: So the damage should actually still be there, surely. Well, from a logic perspective, yeah. But, um, David, there is a big misunderstanding. And I know now I make a statement that, where I open a can of worms and basically a beehive. This was one of the insights that I gained while I was specifically shown in my out-of-body experience. Your brain is not your mind. Your brain is a mediating organ between your mind, which is a field. What is a field? Interacting forces. And I don't have the time to share all that with you. Um, and your body, as much as your stomach, is a mediating organ between the biochemical substance in your plate we call food mm-hmm. and metabolism and nutrition. Your stomach is not metabolism; it mediates the process as much as your brain mediates uh, the process between the conscious feel, the universal conscious feel, okay. and your physical body. But uh, I went through several tests. There's absolutely nothing wrong with my body. Uh, sorry, with my brain. Yeah, And, and, and I, your body. And for as I said, I was wearing glasses since I was five years of age. Yeah, I don't wear glasses. I passed my medical uh, tests five months after my healing with flying colors. Now, we're I'm talking about
0: medical for your PPL, for your private pilot's pilot, license.
1: My private pilot license, yes. And the next day, I performed my first mountain climbing. Things that I was told by doctors, stop being so rebellious. Stop being so angry. It's a medical proven fact. Severed and damaged nerves never grow back again. Yeah, yeah. Your days as a pilot is over. Come to terms with it. Make it easier on yourself. Mountain climbing, rock climbing, hiking, part of your history. I'm doing all all of that today. And you... The if I may ask, you're what, 60, 60? I mean, I'm now 63. I, started, I studied for 63. Uh, 10 years after that, I recovered my and, uh, health. And let's just talk about that quickly. Got how many doctorates? Four. Four, four doctorates yeah. and a master's just along the way, just yeah, I've done my bachelor's and then my master's and then the four doctorates. And I want to state, state it clearly. I don't know today what I know because I studied. I studied to attain a better understanding of what I experienced in both my out-of-body experience, and my near-death experience. Were those two different things then?
0: Did, did the near-death experience, was that something else, or was that part no, of this that, time?
1: that was something else. I mentioned earlier that I went through a very, very deep state of depression. Mm-hmm. After the first four and a half months, um, the withdrawal symptoms dissipated within a matter of three days, and then I struck a very deep, dark hole.
0: We're going to talk about that when we come back. My special guest in studio, Dr. Kerbis Detoy. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're starting to uh, find out a little bit about what this code is that we're cracking. We're moving from trauma. We'll get to the triumph part in just a bit. It is Mix 93.8. Uh, what's involved on your Monday night? David Watts on Mix 93.8. Dr. Kurbas de Dutoy in studio with me, my special guest. Man, time has gone like gone again. Uh, we, we're almost out of time here and we haven't gotten uh, halfway through where we need to get to. But you mentioned something, so let's just let's just touch on that quickly, and then let's move move forward. You went into a massive depression after you'd you'd sort of come out to, uh, of these withdrawal symptoms, um, because I know in the book you mentioned an out of body experience that was happening to start your your healing process, and then you mentioned a near death experience. Yes. W- where did that happen? Was that at the same time,
1: different times? No, How did different that happen? different times. That happened in the second week of February. Ideal. Uh, with all the details surrounding the circumstances in my book, uh-huh. I tried to commit suicide because of the deep state of depression in which I was. Yeah, and I'm not going to spoil the content of the book, so you can read about it. You can read but it but in the book. I tried to commit suicide. It did not work the way that I planned it. Yeah, but to my surprise, it worked out in a complete different way. Yeah. And I literally left my body at that stage. But I never went into the same realm of consciousness that I did in my out-of-body experience. I hovered for quite a uh, distance. I would guess today, to make it comprehensible, about 30 to 40 meters above my body. Yeah. And then I was also informed about why there are different lifespans for our human species in this realm of life, which we don't understand. Uh, Cod death syndrome, for instance. Yeah. I was... Informed about all those uh, appearances. Uh Um, But nevertheless, what I was taught then was not only about that, but also about other things. And we don't have, unfortunately, I would like to share it, but well, we don't have the time.
0: We must. We, we we're going to make a plan. But you moved on from that, and you and you were taught about ab- about these things. Um, you've subsequently written the book. So so do yourself a favor. Get hold of the book. Let's talk about that for a little while because um, uh, somebody said, Hi, guys, I'm sure Dr. Kyrbos believes that uh, all glory to God, with a question mark, regards from Wayne. The thing about WhatsApps and SMSs and stuff like that is they come across as sounding very impersonal. So it would be easy to go, Okay, Wayne, what is, what is your point there? But I'm thinking, you know, let's let's take it in, in, in a positive light. And he's going, yes, but you and I, I suppose, have a very sort of, we have a similar belief in terms of glory to God in terms of a spiritual Belief in it. So you might call it God. Somebody else might call it angels. Somebody could call it the Buddha. Am I on the right right sort yes. of track here? It's the, a it's a belief in a higher power.
1: There is a universal higher power, uh, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent higher power that interconnects all expressions of life. Be it the fauna, be it the flora, be it uh, Homo sapiens. Yeah. There are different expressions of life, and I hope. Uh, a few attendees packing out a laugh over the weekend when I had to discuss the, uh, the uh, subject matter of miracle healing. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, to understand miracles. And miracles is not um, happening in contradiction to nature, but it's certainly happening in contradiction to what we think we know about nature. And this is where I want to hook on. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, it requires from you the, the ability to understand that the sinking of the Titanic was actually a huge miracle to the lobsters in its kitchen. You see, we, we view things only <laughs> I from our... was like, yes, we're free. We view things, we tend to view things only from our human perspective. Mm-hmm. And we also tend to view and define and form concepts about the beingness of God within the uh, realm of religion. And there's a huge difference. And I made a very deep, intensive study and reaches about the difference between religion and spirituality. So however you want to define God and express God is related to your belief systems and respectfully to anybody, yes there is a higher power. I was privileged to enter that realm of life and it is exciting, it is revealing, it is comforting, it is supportive. Um, and. Many people ask me why, why, why did you specifically have an out-of-body experience? Now I must be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, what
0: makes you so special?
1: I uh, refused to read anything about OBEs, which I never heard before in my previous career yeah. or lifetime, or NDEs. Those were new concepts to me. I didn't even tag or label my own experience. I kept it silent. I never planned to write a book about it. I never planned to uh, talk about it, except for the a uh, miracle that manifested, manifested from it. Um,
0: okay, so, so something, da- sorry, I've got, we've got to get on the. this. Uh, somebody else has just come in here. Francois says, how
1: did you cope with your depression? That is a long, long story. <laughs> <laughs> Happiness is a choice and so is despair. Uh-huh. Again, I had to come to a complete still stand, uh, standing still and stop in yeah. my life. And we learn it in physics. Everything that moves in a particular direction needs to come to a complete standstill uh-huh. to change direction. And I just, with, with that knowingness, I'm going to be healed. Realize this must be intuitively. And my second book is titled The Power of the Intuitive Mind. But intuitively, uh, there was a knowingness. There must be a reason for this to happen. And I wanted desperately to uncover it. Due to my curious nature, so I meditated, and there's a huge difference between the concept of meditation and the concept of prayer, mm-hmm. um, which we also don't have time to go in. But prayer is all about asking, and meditation, uh, meditation is all about receiving the answers. And I've put myself in a very um, dedicated meditation and uh, receptive state for divine information to attain an understanding what is depression, Where does it come from? And in my case, I had several discussions with uh, 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 people in the medical environment and also in psychology and in spirituality. And in my case, the depression flowed from the withdrawal of the opiates in my neuropathways and my brain cells. Mm. That was the actual physical cause of my depression. And the the interesting
0: thing today is that that uh, medical science is is talking about this concept now uh, in your brain about neuroplasticity neurons that fire together wire together and and what that suggests is if you have learned about this depressive state and releasing those depressive chemicals you can learn another state which you consciously then have to kind of reinforce and
1: feed to put it bluntly Yes, And I incorporated that in my three-day seminar, which I call Revitalize Your Life, Be Fully You. Mm. Uh, and if we have time, I would like to share with you where that Be Fully You come from, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to We've got, got, <laughs> we got about five minutes, so let's do that, because I want to talk, let's, let's, let's talk okay, about it. Okay, I want to finish that point. Okay. Um, so, I said, by uh, uh, starting to answer you, happiness is a choice and so is this be. There are two dominant fears... False evidences appearing real. And or false, everything and run. Or false expectations appearing real. Uh-huh. Any fears, future-related fears, is a false expectation appearing real. Mm-hmm. Or past-related fears is a false evidence appearing real. And what I learned from that, ground yourself, anchor yourself, and listen to your cat in the now. Mm-hmm. Stay in the now in the present moment. And the way to do it is to observe... And focus on anything in your immediate presence. And focus on it with the understanding. Green leaves, for instance, the ability with the chlorophyll in the leaves to convert carbon dioxide into oxygen. Focus on anything. Your ability to touch yourself, that you have five fingers on each hand, um, to keep yourself anchored in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Past-related fears ends up in... Depression and future-related fears ends up in anxiousness. Yeah. But the dynamics about that is something I would love to explain to the listeners. But also with uh, the uh, support of visuals. Okay. Now, how do we how do we do this?
0: Okay. So you've written the book. I've got uh, I've got a copy here, and it's absolutely stunning. And I'm I'm going to read it and reread it probably because uh, I will be fascinated by it. Uh, Oh yes, and that's the other thing. You see, you put it in little writing. You got a foreword by Gary Player in the book. Um, so, I mean, if Gary Player says, I mean, in the beginning here, he goes, I've been deeply and profoundly touched by the contents of this book in more than one way. So, did, did you know Gary? Do you know Gary? Did you just send him the book and say, please, would you write me a foreword?
1: I had my first um, knowledge about Gary Player in 1963. As a very, very young child, when my uncle started, he was a golfer and he always talked with the greatest respect about Gary Player. I've never met him in person, Mm -hmm. although I worked for Rembrandt, uh, Tobacco Corporation, and at the time... Uh, the brand, if I can mention it, Lexington.
0: Mad relax for the Lexington.
1: (laughs) Yes, I remember it. They were the sponsors of the uh, Lexington Golf Tournament.
0: Yes. And
1: in my days as a rep for the tobacco company, Rembrandt, in Robertson, Uh I arranged for a golf tournament and I invited Gary Player and Bobby Locke, but unfortunately Gary Player couldn't attend it, but Bobby Locke did. Um, But then I started to read very intensely about the life and the way he conducts his life, the way he conducts his business, the way he uh, dedicates himself to his marriage and his family. Mm-hmm. And I gained so much more respect for that man and I thought, you know what, he um, uh, he's such an icon when it comes to relationships, to yeah. his business, to his profession as a golfer. And I would love him to uh, write a forward for me. So I sent him the manuscript and then he decided to do it. Brilliant stuff. Now, so our principles, our norms, our values, our standards resonate very well with one another. And I'm very uh, um, privileged and grateful for carry Players Forward. I think it is absolutely
0: brilliant. So now the book launch here in Johannesburg happening on Wednesday night at Il
1: Giardino. Okay. Um, at uh, 44 Stanley, Forty- Stanley yeah. Avenue we got Harriet, We got Harriet in the background. Harriet's,
0: Harriet's the one who remembers all the things that we don't. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Harriet. Hello. Welcome Hello. on to the show. You didn't think, think you were, were going to do this. You no, need to get I nice not. and close.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's at uh, Il Giardino,
0: 44 Stanley Road, Mill Park. There we go. Il- Everybody's welcome. Is there an entry fee? How does it work? Do people need to book? Uh, they pay at the restaurant. Okay. It's, it's nice if they book, if they phone the restaurant. And- okay. But if people want to get hold of you guys... Because this is, obviously, you do the retreats, you do the counseling, you do the whole lot. So, Quibus, how do we get
1: hold of you? Can we email you? You can email me at my website. Okay. Kourbis uh, at revitalize your Life. one word, revitalize, spelled with a Z, yeah. uh, dot co, dot Z-A. Qubus. You can also, alternatively, can I give Harriet's cell number? Yes, absolutely. Uh, number? Absolutely. 082-879-1111. So that's
0: one double one You can give uh, Harriet a call if you'd like to make a booking. I'm going to definitely be there on Wednesday, and I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, Kirbis, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege having a chat to you. And uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed tonight, get hold of uh, Kirbis. Go and check out that website, revitalizeyourlife.co.za. Dr. Kirbis Dutoy, thank you so much for coming in tonight. David. Thank you very much
1: from my side for the privilege and the uh, 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 opportunity to share this, but not only with you, but your listeners. Uh, I'm very grateful for it and I look forward to the uh, road ahead. Fantastic stuff, and I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting road ahead.
0: David Watts on Mix 93.8.